All right. Well, we have been in a series called Accepted. And we're not quite done with that. Let's go ahead and look at Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. This is the, the scripture that we've been reading, first of all. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, in the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted, in the Beloved, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. By which He made us, that is past tense. That means it's already happened. You know, notice the language here. Let's go ahead and go back to verse 3 and just read this. I want you to notice the language, especially when it refers or when it comes to tense. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Who has blessed us. That's past tense. It says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Notice it says that He chose us. That's past tense. And it says, before the foundation of the world. And we spent some time on that last week. In other words, before you existed, before your parents existed, before anybody you know was around on this earth, He chose you. That happened a long time ago. That's past tense. In other words, He's not going to choose you. He chose you. He knew that you would respond to Him. God doesn't determine who's saved and, and not saved. He, the Bible says that He... Uh, died for the whole world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God so loved the world. But He gave everybody a free will, and so He knows who is going to respond to Him, and He chose you ahead of time. He knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to choose. He knows your heart, and he knew your heart before you ever came on the scene. But notice, it's past tense. This isn't something that's happening now. It says he chose us. It says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his, of his will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. See, that's past tense too. He made us accepted. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be accepted. You are accepted. You have been made accepted. That's past tense. Now, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus, as you say, the Bible says, if you confess the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you are saved. Well, then you're accepted. Then you are in His family. Then you are part of His plan on this earth. And we've spent some time talking about different facets of that. I encourage you, if you didn't hear some of those, go back and listen to them. 
Let's look at Philemon 4. Philemon 4, it says, I thank my God. Only one chapter in Philemon, that's why it just has 4, verse 4. Making mention of you always in my, my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all his saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now we read back in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Has. It says we're accepted in the Beloved. Here in verse 6 it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledgement. That's something we do. So in other words, it's already been done, what's been put in us. Because we're accepted through Jesus, that means we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. That means we have been accepted in Him. All these, these things that we've been talking about, over this series, who God is to us, how, what our relationship is, that we're highly valued, that we are righteous in Him, that we're righteous by faith and not what we do, that we are accepted in Him, that there's no condemnation in Him, that we can have boldness in Him, have boldness to approach the throne of God. All these things are true, but they become effective by the acknowledgement of them. They are true, but one area that we can come up in and that we can check on is what are we saying about who we are and what our relationship is? How do we, what do we say day to day about it? Because you realize you can have this, but you talk yourself out of it because of what we say. We, we can, instead of acknowledging every good thing that's in us and acknowledging what God has done, we can look at how we failed. You can look at how you, where you haven't arrived. Anybody want to stand up and say, I've arrived in every area? I'll bring you up in front of the camera if you're willing to do that. I'll give you an as example. You want to say, no, I've arrived in every area. I, I don't have any problem ever looking at something I did wrong because I never do anything wrong. Anybody want to come up? You've arrived. There's no area that, that you ever... You know, you never have to repent. Some people say, I've I haven't had to repent in years. Well, that's a problem. That means you're not changing anything. <laughs> that means you, you, you're just sailing and you don't think you ever do anything wrong or can't come up at all. Not saying you're going off living in sin all the time, but you, as we go on with God, we should grow. Amen? We should understand some stuff today that we didn't a few years ago and realize God, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting. I'm, I'm coming up. It doesn't have to be something that we did wrong, per se. But repent just means you're changing direction. You're saying, I'm not doing that, I'm doing this. Well, you do, you, we should be course correcting all the time. 
We should be tweaking things all the time. We should be coming and say, God, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. I'm going to come up here. I mean, just in the natural. People want to get better, right? If you have a business or you play a sport or you, you play an instrument or you have a skill, you're seeing how you can do things better. You're coming up. Well, our Christian walk, you don't get into looking at just what you do, but, but you want to see how you can do things uh, better. That's true. We ought to be growing. But none of us has arrived. And, you know, some people have the opposite problem. Yeah, I, you see, nobody took the, nobody stepped up and said, you know, I, I'll volunteer, I, I've arrived and everything. Nobody came and was bold enough to say that because you know it's not true. But, you know, sometimes we have the opposite problem. I mean, if somebody really thinks they just don't ever have to change anything, that's one thing. But, you know, there's a whole lot of people that fall into the other category. Always looking at every little thing that you did wrong and stuff you can change and not looking as much on what you have and what God has done and who you are in Him and focusing and acknowledging that. Instead, with our mouth, with our acknowledgement, we're acknowledging it. Yeah, I blew it. Yeah, I messed up here. Yeah, I'm saying you tell other people about it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite there. Yeah, I did this. See, the more we do that, we build sin consciousness into our, our being. When you tell other people, when you repeat to yourself, when you're talking even to God about constantly what you did wrong, how you missed it, we're not looking at how he's accepted us. We're not looking at how, what he's done. We're looking at how we don't measure up, and that will keep us from walking in everything he's done. We're, we've been spending a lot of time on what he has done. But if you're constantly saying what you've done to, to mess up, you're not focused on what he's done, then you're actually disqualifying yourself from what he's done for you. You're saying what we say means something. When we, we're constantly bringing it up. Don't, don't constantly tell people how you failed, how, you, how you, you messed up. Don't remind yourself. Don't say, I, I, I did this wrong. I, I, I shouldn't have. I'm not talking about getting better. Yeah, we ought to want to get better. I think everybody in here knows you want... I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know if I ask you to say how many people you have something in your life you'd want to change, you'd want to do differently. I know every person knows something. Maybe you've dealt with it for a while. You want to change something. Like I said, I don't have, you know, there's no reason to have you raise your hand because it just means everybody's hand would be up, just like everybody's hands down right now. There's no reason. We're not taking percentages. We know that. We understand that. But if you're constantly talking about how you can't do something or how you didn't do something, or maybe there was a specific thing you didn't do, and if you own, see, Satan can help you to build a stronghold in your head where you got it fixed that if you would have done such and such, such different, or if you can just change this one thing, then your life will be completely different and he'll have you focusing on it. And then every time you miss it, it's like your whole life is on hold. 
because you can't get past this one thing or these, you know, whatever is in front of you. There's, we have to understand there, there's a, a, an enemy that would try to keep, see, if he can't keep you out of the family of God, he's going to try to disable you and make you ineffective in the family of God. One of the ways he does this gets you just to focus on everything, little thing that you need to change, everything that you're not where you think you should be, gets you to say it, which just kind of builds it into you. You know what we ought to be saying? What he's done for us and how much he loves us, what he has done through Jesus, how he is helping us, and how he will conclude and continue to be with us, and that he's right with us now, and how we're going to go over, and how our life is going to be in the future, and speak what he has said about our relationship. Don't constantly distance yourself from him. Acknowledge what he has done and draw close to him. Oh, Lord, I did this. I know I'm, I'm sorry. I, I haven't done that quite right. I didn't do this. I, I, I know I could do better here. I should, I should have done that. Oh, man, three years ago, I know I did that, and it's still... I know I, I repented. I said I'm sorry, but, man, I just wish I would, you know, and, and go over and say, I, there's this area. Lord, if I could just get past, I know that, that you know, everything would change. I, I know I'm trying. I'm trying. Lord, I know. See, you're, you're, you're creating distance. What about, Lord, I thank you that you're with me and that you're in me. And Lord, I don't pretend to comprehend it, but your word says God, the Holy Spirit, is in me. Your spirit dwells in me. And your word says that I have the mind of Christ and I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me and that you would never forsake me and that you'll help me to overcome in every situation. And Lord, I may have missed it, but I say boldly, I'm coming up and I'm going over. And I thank you for what you have done for me, that you've made me right in you, that, Lord, I may have messed up, in the past, I may not have done everything perfect, but I'm so thankful that Jesus, through His uh, death, burial, and resurrection, and because you made it so I could call out on you, call, call uh, out to you, and confess Him that I could be right with you. So in spite of the fact that I failed in different places, in spite of the fact that I haven't arrived, you're with me, you're for me, your spirit is helping me, and I'm coming up. And I say tomorrow will be better than today, and next week's going to be better, and next year I'm going to have the best year that I've ever had, and the year after that's going to be even better. I'm just going to keep going up in you because you're helping me. See, you're drawing close to him and agreeing with his word. See, we can say, we can talk all day long or, you know, read, oh, I'm accepted, I'm accepted. I'm saying you could read it. But if, if in our lives, when we go out of here, we're saying, ah, oh, just, if I, man, I did that again. Ah, oh, just, why? Ah, oh, I haven't gotten this. I'm not talking about just sin. I'm talking about you, you want to be, you, you believe. I got to get this taken care of and this taken care of. And basically, you know, we talked about this some last week. If you, you think you have to have all these things lined up, before you can go on in life, you realize you can stall there. See, you are disqualifying yourself if you do that. And we do that with our words so many times. And instead of acknowledging, 
what God has done, we read, read all this past tense, what He has done, we're acknowledging where we perceive we're failing. And you realize you'll have help in that? You realize even if you think, well, I am, I'm not here. Do you realize that's a skewed perception? That's not necessarily based in reality. That could be based in your perception of the way you view certain things. And you'll have help to make that as bad as possible. <laughs> Satan will accuse you. Even if you're doing certain things very well, and in fact, God is pleased with you. And he is well pleased with you in an area, it, Satan will... Try to point out, well, yeah, but it's not this. Look at so-and-so. They're doing this. Oh, man, if you would have got... Think of where you would be if you only had made this different decision. That's not a godly thought. Not like that. What, what's the outcome of that, that thought uh, path? Is it good? Pers I'm talking about phrased like that. Every one of us has had a thought like that. See, it, what good is that going to do you? Is that going to do you any good? You go and see what would have changed if you would have done a different decision. Well, can you change that? If you were only doing this, then you're talking about just air. I mean, there's nothing, there's no reality there. No, God will give you thoughts like, in spite of everything, God can still do something with it and bring. He can, he can take something that looks like it's nothing and he can make it into something glorious. That's a God type of thought. But a thought that's trying to say, oh, well, you, you know, you're not there yet. Well, when they try to disqualify you, try to separate you from what God has done, all, the, all what we talked about. But don't, we don't want to acknowledge the wrong thing because that causes our life to head in the wrong direction. What we are saying about our relationship, it doesn't change, in fact, our relationship with God, but it'll change our experience of it. You know, if you're married, your marriage can go in different directions based on what you say about it. If you, if you start saying your wife or your husband, your spouse is just you know, they're a jerk, or they just don't do anything right, and I don't know about that. And you say that, you watch. Your marriage is going to follow that. It could be for a day. It could be for 10 years. You watch. In a day, you start going down that, and you start letting that come out of your mouth. It's going to change the direction. But are you still married? Yeah, at this point, <laughs> if you keep going on the wrong place it may not be like that but you're still married in fact your spouse may not have changed at all but you start speaking something it starts going in the wrong direction it didn't necessarily change what was but you're you're setting yourself on a course well god never changes he's there for us but we can if anything changes on our relationship it's not that he changed everybody know what i'm saying he doesn't change so if something changed, we change. Well, it can go cold or hot. I mean, we could start, I just don't feel like I used to. Well, number one, what does feelings have to do with it? So we go by our feelings. Number two, if you were in a place with God at one point, you can get back to and surpass that point. You can be closer to him. 
but he didn't move. But sometimes we start disqualifying ourselves and moving ourselves away. And so we're not experiencing what he has really purchased for us and the relationship and the closeness that he has for us. Let's look at James 3, verse 1. We're going to get into just some scriptures to apply these things to, but I want you to understand what we're talking about as far as how we talk about this stuff, what we say. James 3, verse 1, or verse 2, let's go to verse 2, says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Notice what it says there. If he does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, a mature man, complete man, able also to bridle the whole body. That means what you say, it can tell your body what to do. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It gives two examples here. We put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. They, you turn the whole horse, the horse is big, but turn the whole horse with just a little bit in its mouth. And then it says, look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And it's likening this then to the tongue. It says, even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. That means your, your tongue's small, but it changed the whole course of your life. Well, in this area, that's true. What we start letting coming out of our mouth determines where our relationship is going with God. If we, with our mouth, are constantly condemning ourselves or dividing ourselves or saying we don't measure up, then we're constantly bringing space into our relationship rather than close, making it closer, bringing it stronger, try, saying what God has said. You know, we. We read or we sang these songs today, and I didn't talk to Shelly. I didn't tell her to pick those songs. But you know, who, I am who you say I am. You're saying, I am who God says I am. I'm going to say what he says about me. You know, that other one, that the goodness of God, the, your goodness is following me, is chasing me. It's coming after me. Your goodness. See, that saying, we can sing it, but we need to be able to say that in the middle of something that doesn't look like that. We may feel like something isn't where it needs to be. Well, don't talk about it. I'm not saying be fake. But when you talk about something and start Re rehearsing it, it amplifies it, and you give place when we talk and say things negative in our relationship with God or, or you know, amplify the negative, we are giving space for the enemy to work. We are giving space for him to push us back. You know, you may, something may not bother you. Don't, don't start amplifying it and give the enemy places to work by talking about things and saying things. 
that are negative and it keeps you in a place. It, it keeps you, it sets a course. No, even if, even if we're in a place where we don't feel, I'm gonna, we're not going to amplify feelings, but you could feel like you're not even saved. Don't start saying, oh, I just, I don't know why I don't feel a certain way today. I don't, well, I guess I did do this, and I did do this, and why, why, I get, I could come up here. Talk about what God has done and who he is to you. You say, well, that's, I don't feel like that now. That's why we're on this. Because even though all these things are true, you cannot experience it any given day because you don't feel something and, you're, and we let our feelings supersede what the Word says. We start agreeing with what we feel and we amplify things that agree with the way we feel. You don't feel good, so now you start looking at the negative things. You know, well, I didn't do this, didn't do that. Instead of, don't start talking about that. Don't start setting a course. Even if we feel not where we'd like to feel, we don't start amplifying that, then that's exactly when we need to speak what the Word says and say what God has done and say what His, who you are to Him. Talk about how we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, how we're righteous in Him how He is with us. See, you can talk about that in here, and we can repeat it in here. It's when you feel dry as you've ever felt, and you don't feel like God is anywhere near you, and you feel like it's obvious you've messed up in an area, or you should have been done this, or could have done better here, that we need to, at that point, speak what he said, and not what we want to say based on our feelings. Somebody said this, talking about how the enemy works. The enemy will try to get you into emotion and then drive you by emotion. And if you're dwelling on the wrong thing and start speaking it out, you are actually yielding. You can be yielding to what the enemy's trying to put thoughts and pushing you. Getting you, trying to accuse you, trying to get you to look at, at where you don't, you perceive, measure up. Something you'd like to do better. If you start talking about that, you can start yielding giving the enemy help. And then there's, if you start talking about something, emotions can be there and amplify. You might have had emotions, but you start talking about it. You ever been in a situation, it wasn't that big a deal, but then you started talking about it and then it started getting to be a big deal? Maybe you were dealing with somebody and it wasn't that big a deal, but you started talking about it. Now, now you're in an argument or you're, you know, some little thing. You know, something you had, think about this. You saw a headline, caused emotion in you, but then you start talking about it and get somebody else talking about it, pretty soon you're riled up about it. 
Nobody's going to, you're just going to look straight ahead. Nobody's going to acknowledge anything. You know what I'm talking about. It gets amplified. Well, when you're feeling in a negative emotion or you, you know, you're having thoughts about something, oh, I'd like to change that, but you start letting negativity settle in, you start talking about it, it'll just amplify those emotions and we actually give place to the enemy to push us in a direction that way. And do you know if we'll, instead of talking about that, even though the emotions are there, even though it feels like, well, that's true. If we'll speak what the Word says in spite of that and start talking about how much God loves you, how much He loves me, how much He's done in my life, where He's brought me, and how He's working right now. Do you realize that can counteract any of that motion and emotions will follow what you're saying? And you start experiencing the love of God. Not because God just decided to love you at that moment. You just start experiencing what is already there. You start talking about how God is with you. He didn't show up just at that point. Now he might, he'll be, you'll, you'll experience his manifest presence. You start talking about him and who he is and how good he's been and all he has. Oh, thank God for, for Jesus and what all you've done and all you can talk about everything he's done and everything he's going to do. You will start experiencing a closer relationship with God and he didn't move at all. You just started acknowledging what he has already done and who he already is. John 3.16, familiar verse of scripture, but let's look at a few of these. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now let's read the beginning of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, that, does that include you? The world? So sometimes we read that, and we, you know what? Some people just, they just look at this as an evangelistic scripture. Like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's got, I got it. Share that with somebody else. Do you know you're included in the beginning of that? God so loved the world, that includes you, that he gave his only begotten son. Thank you, Jesus, that you, that God gave you for me. Amen. See, that, you can't be the, you're not going to convince anybody. You're not going to be a good witness. You're not trying to convince people, I should say. You're going to give them the word. But, I mean, we are made to be witnesses, but I'm not saying convince in a, um, superficial way, but you, you are, let's put it this way, much more convincing and much more uh, a witness to God if you actually believe that He loves you and that He's close to you when you're talking to somebody about how He loves them. 
I mean, really, we, we've been in this. We're in, the, we're in the family of God. We can talk about the doctrine. But are we experiencing what that actually means at any given time? Are we thinking, oh, God loves me. Oh, sure, so I should do this, and I'd be way better, and this, and this, and this. But, hey, God loves you, and he's, he's died for you. What? So they experience what? Thank God they'll be saved. But God loves you as a Christian that's already received him just as much as the person that hasn't received him. He loves us. Well, that's going to become more real to us as we acknowledge it. As we say it, God loves me. Because you know what? I, I guarantee you there's people in this room and, and online, you say that and it's this, this, it's this, it can become this head thing. Well, yeah, we know he loves me, but it's almost like I'm going to share that. I'm going to say it. But my day to day, do I know he loves me? I'm like, I'm, I'm assured of that because that's what we've been talking about this whole time. But if we say the opposite, if we're already, already always separating ourselves and, and not in reality, following what he said and agreeing with him, then even though he does love us, even though he's pleased with us in areas, we're going to experience it as if he does not love us and as if he's not uh, happy with us. Let's just read the rest of the verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. Well, did He send His Son into the world to condemn you? Are you part of the world? That's not why He sent His Son. But that the world through Him might be saved, which you are part of, that you would be saved, that, he, that you would know that He loves you, that you would know that you're not condemned. Agreeing with Him. I'm loved. To say that, I'm loved, we should, we should have that mentality. No, God loves me. Experientially. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, let me ask you a question. How are you going to love your neighbor as yourself if you don't experience love? You're going to love your neighbor as yourself, as you love yourself. How are you going to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself or if you don't let the love of God be real to you then we're not going to, we, but sometimes we try to, well, I'm going to love you, but what about God's love toward us? Do we, do we emphasize that in our, the words that we say? Now, when you're talking to somebody else, just superficially, about how God loves you. I'm talking about stuff that you may not be using that phrase, God loves me. In other words, you could say, God loves me, but then a whole bunch of words come out of your mouth about how you're not measuring up here and this, and, you, and basically what you're saying is, you don't know if God's really you know, involved in your life, but you wouldn't say it like that. 
But the words coming out can express that. Well, that's separating ourselves. That's actually working with the enemy. 1 John 4.17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. It's because of what Jesus already did for us that we love him. It's not something that's separate. God loves us and forgives us and has blessed us with every spiritual blessing before we did anything with him. We acknowledge that. We say that. The first part of that says, Love has perfected or matured among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We're saying that, spiritually speaking, we're made like him. We're made in his image. We're accepted. We're in the family part of the family of God and that he loves us. John 17, 23 says, I and them and you and me that they may be, they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you loved me. This is saying, you know, this is Jesus praying. He said that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you love me. Saying that God the Father loves the world like he loves Jesus. Well, are you part of that? Are we part of that statement? Does God love us like he loves Jesus? Is that the way we say, we speak and we act? Is that the way we talk? And I'm not talking about superficially. I'm not saying, oh, you know, God loves me, brother, and then we go off and, man, if I just could do this, that, and why, and just, I'm talking about self-talk. I'm talking about the way you talk to those closest to you. Just a checkup. I'm not talking about being Christian easy. You know what I mean by that? using all the right terms, using these terms that people that have never been around them, they don't know what you're talking about. Not talking about that, talking about what we let come out of our mouth and speak and check up and say, am I, am I agreeing with God? Am I saying what He said? Am I saying what He said about me? Am I going to say it in the face of feelings? Am I going to say it in the face of circumstances? Give you an example. You make a wrong decision. That's not the time to start talking about how you never make any decisions right. 
and you, you have trouble hearing God. And you made this decision wrong, and if I only would have done that, I always do this. Why did I make that? Why did I do that? That was so stupid. Why did I say that? I, I shouldn't have done that. Why, you know, before I, I, I did this, you know, in this decision, I, I did that wrong, and then I did this wrong, and then, I, and then pretty soon you are laying on the floor in a puddle, and you don't believe you've ever done anything right, and you don't believe you're ever make another decision right. That is, that is exactly what we're talking about. What should would we talk about if we make a wrong decision, if it looks like the decision is wrong? You start talking about the mercy of God. You talk about how he's leading you. You start saying, God leads me and guides me, and I hear him, and I make good decisions, and I hear the voice of the, the Spirit of God. I understand what he's saying to me. I follow him. I make wise decisions. And your mind will tell you, no, you just made a stupid decision. Well, what, do you start speaking that out? Because you start talking about it, you'll end up where we were just talking about. And you'll give place to the enemy to help you do that. But you know, if you will start talking about who God is and what he is to you, and the fact all these things we've been talking about, he's in our, he, that we are in his family, he loves me, and in spite, even if I made a wrong decision, he's got my back, he's going to help me get out, he'll help me get around, he's going to show me how to make better decisions. And God is faithful. And you just stay there. And you know what? Your mouth will try to, uh, but you try to talk about the other stuff again. And if we We'll just stay on it. We'll experience his love and his cl the closeness that comes from the relationship that he's already bought and paid for. We'll experience it even in a situation where we could be freaking out. But that rudder of our tongue, sometimes it starts taking us away from what he has paid for and what he has bought for us to work or for us to walk in, in the situation. And so, even though with our mind, we know, and we've heard, and if somebody asked you, oh yeah, I'm in the family of God, I love, I've known, and oh, bless God, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when we let that rut of our tongue start going in the wrong direction, for that period of time, we will not experience what He is actually to us. And so we can come, if we'll just... And I'm not saying it's easy. Sometimes the hardest thing in your world to just not say the wrong thing. Because your emotion is there. The circumstance looks like it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've never experienced it. And to say what God says about you and about you in the relationship with him right there, right then. We'll change the course of our day, of our week, of our future. It will change what we experience. It will let his presence manifest wherever we are. He's with us, and he's for us, but you understand if you're a Christian, he's always with you. But you can sense him more or less based on what we do. 
And so even in the middle of something, you realize the middle of a circumstance that looks, feels like he's far away, you can experience his closeness and his redemption and his acceptance right there. And part of that is, we'll just start speaking the right thing. Agreeing with him. Agree with what he said. He said he loves us just like he loves Jesus. Let's read one more, Colossians 2.13. It says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Let's read that again in comment. Verse 13 says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So you were dead. You didn't have anything to offer. And it said, he's made us alive. And have, he's forgiven us of all trespasses. Verse 14, having wiped out, this is all past tense, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. You know what so, it says there, he, having disarmed principalities and powers. Do you know what we do? We rearm them sometimes. The enemy is disarmed. God is close to us. He's for us. He's washed us. He's seated us, made us alive together. And with our mouth, we will start rearming and giving the enemy ammo to beat us up with. He's feeding it to you, and we amplify it by letting it out of our mouth. It's amplified. Don't ever give the enemy a voice for you or for anybody else you're dealing with. When you start speaking, good night. When you speak a word into somebody else's life that's negative and that is motivated by the enemy, you are giving him a voice in their life. And he, will, he can bring it back to their remembrance and now they have to deal. They can cast it down. They can push against it. But you, when we yield ourselves to something that is not godly, not uplifting, not victory, we actually give the enemy access, whether it's somebody else or us, to bring that into that person's life or to ourselves. When you speak it out, your words can echo in your head. When you speak something into somebody else's life, it can come back weeks later. Don't give the enemy 
a voice in, our, in your life. Don't, don't, let, don't, don't focus on the thing that needs, that you perceive isn't quite there by you voicing. I'm not talking about not having discussions in reality. You know what I'm saying. When you're going through something, bringing something up, saying it, honing in on something that's negative will just keep you in a place of defeat and will keep other people and can give access to them so that they're feeling defeated. But if we'll turn that around, and even when you want to say the thing that is negative, even when you want to focus on it, when that's what you want to, that's, it's all you can do not to say it. If we will speak what he said, if we'll say what God is to us and what we are to him, then we will experience something different. And this can change. We can talk about this all day and for months. And if every time pressure comes or every time we're in a situation, we keep yielding our mouth to the wrong thing, we'll, experiencing, we'll keep experiencing the same thing. But if we come up, because a lot of you, this isn't the first time you've heard something like this about what we say. But I wanted to, to say it specifically in this context as it has to do with our relationship with God. If we will speak firmly, not saying you feel like it, not saying the emotion's there, but just let our acknowledging be what He has done and who He is in the face of contradictory feelings, circumstances, whatever, if we'll start letting that rudder, instead of going here, start to change in His direction, we will experience something different and experience a relationship with God like we haven't. Higher. We may have been there before, but, but just check up. If you're not close to God, what, what have we been saying about that? What have we been saying about who we are and what that has to do with my relationship with God? Because if you build a performance mentality into your vocabulary, that's what you're going to experience day to day. We're going to experience like, I, can't, I just can't quite get there with God. But if we'll build what the Word says into our vocabulary... And say well, who he is to us. You know, not just the song, who you say I am, but we talk like it, that I am. Who he says I am and what I am to him. And start speaking. When it looks like failure, you say, oh no, the goodness of God is, is chasing me. It's coming after me. I experience his blessing because he has blessed me. And we say that that will change the course. We'll start experiencing his presence in the middle of the same type of situations that used to put us on the ground. It'll change. It, it, and we it can't let it be up here, though. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. And then go right back and do the same thing. You know, if the rudder's pointing this way, you can, you, you're going to end up in the same direction. We can talk about the rudder being this way. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if the rudder were this way? And all the while, the rudder's just, we're just going this way. Get right back in the same situation, keep the rudder. But if we'll change it, all of a sudden, we're going in a different direction. And what was there all along, what God has given us all along, what He has provided, what He didn't change, He's already given it through Jesus, these blessings, they start becoming ours, and the emotions follow because we're going in the right direction. Now we start experiencing the love of God. We start experiencing our relationships changing. We start experiencing circumstance changing because we're yielding to Him and saying what He already said was true. Amen? Amen. 
God's good. He's faithful.